0: Muppet and Leo look like they're about to fight, or, or rather, Muppet is sitting right next to Leo, and Leo is looking really offended. Like he's got his, he's got his body like positioned back, like he's just like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> and Muppet's just sitting there staring at him innocently, and I'm just waiting for the inevitable chaos to start. Guys, guys, hello.
1: Well, so maybe that's the secret. If you start podcasting, it'll distract them.
0: Oh, nope, nope, there there, there they go. <laughs> G- guys. Oh, See, I, I don't think Muppet wants me to podcast, is the thing. I, I think she thinks this is her time, since it, it's just me and her and the other cats. I, I think she thinks this is her time. This was a good week of Bleach, Sam. Like I like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty up on these episodes. Like I I liked these ones.
1: Yeah, pretty fun episodes. There's there's def I'm definitely like really hitting that whole like, wow I haven't se- I haven't seen these episodes in over a decade. Clearly, I didn't remember any of this. Yeah,
0: no, I did. I, I remembered. 0% of these episodes uh and you know I'm I'm kind of happy about that cuz like I I know past me uh watching watching this season I was just like oh the Tarks, I don't want to do this and like coming back to it like I think they've held up pretty okay like I I'm I'm very Interested in seeing where things play out because the these episodes in particular, I was just like, okay, no, this is good. I'm I'm interested. I I gotta know where things go.
1: Yeah, and I think the I think like most like most anime, Bleach works best as a two episodes a week kind of deal as opposed to binging. There's very few anime that I'm like, no, the experience is better if you binge it.
0: I I I think. Like, for for example, like, I would still, like, today, if I got Nova into Naruto, which I do plan on doing, even though they know, like, a good deal of what happens. Like, I do want to watch Naruto with Nova, just because I'm like, you know, this, this show was important to me. I still have a lot of very fond memories of it. I I still really loved the manga even with all of its problems cuz trust me there are problems, but like I would still binge that show. Uh coming back to Bleach as we have, which should be stated, this is our 50th actual episode. Like we're 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 in it. We're we're getting places, we're actually making it happen, and I'm very proud we've gotten to 50 actual fucking episodes. But, coming back to Bleach, it's just like, the two episodes a week makes every week feel like a fresh set of, you know, episodes. It it feels like I'm I'm coming into it with a clear palette, I I can see if an episode's bad, it never really super feels like it's dragging on, Mm -hmm. unless it's just like, several, several episodes of just the same fight over and over. But luckily, that doesn't seem to be the case. Like, they, they tend to do a pretty good job of hopping around. Yeah. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach rewatch podcast. I'm
1: your co-host, Senna. And I'm your co-host, Sam.
0: We might as well just hop into it this week. I know we've been already kind of punching up on these episodes. Like, I, I am, I'm very hot on them. I, I liked them a lot. Uh, so let's just hop right into it with episode... Oh, fuck, I didn't write the episode title. I I wrote the title, I I just didn't write the episode number.
1: It's episode 96, Ichigo, Byakuya, Karya, The Battle of the Three Extremes.
0: Okay, we got it, we got it. You know, this is a professional podcast, we've never made any mistakes,
1: this is (laughs) how it goes. So what you could do is you you cut out... This discussion and the error, and then you just splice in me saying it when you would normally say it and keep going.
0: Yeah, that would be the professional way to do it, but, you know...
1: No, the professional way to do it would be to just recut it where you're saying it. That's the professional way. My way is the shitpost way. (laughs) We just,
0: I, we add, like, video to this episode of the podcast, and just, like, have me saying the title, but it's just your voice coming in over it. God. God. <laughs> anyway. Karya casts the wind orb down, as Biakia and Ichigo send their own attacks back at him causing a blast that blows Liren away as Uryu draws closer and Liren comes back to inspect the newly formed crater, with the three combatants at the bottom as the fight continues. Ichigo tells Byakuya to stop aiming for attacks that can hit him too, but Captain Kuchiki is just like, hey, I warned you about getting in the way. Like, th- this is your own fault. You, I have no blame here. <laughs> There's some, like, really cool animation in this fight. Like, I really liked watching it, I, I always forget just how much I love seeing Bon Zakra in motion.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a really fun, like, big pink blob of thousands of pieces that's- it's coming for you. It's coming! Karya
0: is just like, hey, your speed- like, he's talking to Ichigo here, he's like, your speed is no match for the amount of experience I have, like- you may have all that speed, but I've got the years behind me. I can just predict your movements. And then Biakia just, like, lands a very small attack. Like, he just, like, cuts Biakia's shoulder. Fuck, he cuts Karya's shoulder. Um, and he's just like, well, that proves we can hurt you. So, in theory, we just need to use attacks that are more powerful
1: than anything Karya has. No big deal. I just love that at this point he's just like, oh, you're immortal? Prove it. And then he starts attacking him again. Yeah. <laughs> Karya just heals up and
0: is like, we are immortal. And Byakuya does test this by sending out a massive wave of Senbonzakura petals. Karya has his work cut out for him here, it seems, because he's just like, there is like a lot of petals going after him. He's He's really struggling to avoid it all. There's like an intense stare down between Karya and Byakuya for like a solid 30 seconds as a massive beam of light just crashes down into the crater, which just separates all three of them. And from the resulting smoke walks out a soul reaper that looks just like Yoshino, but with glasses.
1: Before we get to her deal, I think the I- like the the idea that I'm getting from this Karia and Byakuya uh, uh, bit, because what happens is, Kari is hurt, he starts healing, and as soon as he starts healing, Byakuya attacks him again. And then, after a while, they get, like, this stare down. So I think the implication is, Katia can can regenerate, but when he's regenerating, he can't use- he's basically helpless. So I think Byakuya and him are like- he's like, try it, bitch. Try it. Try to regenerate, and I'll cut your fucking arm off. <laughs>
0: It, it's, like, good. Like, it's a really good moment in a fight where it's, like, you can watch it and understand what's going on without it needing to do the classic anime shounen thing of just, oh, we're gonna explain to you everything that's going on. Oh, I have to attack him before he regenerates. Like, it, it does that without saying anything, and I, I really appreciated that, honestly. So, this woman, who looks like Yoshino... With glasses. Uh, she walks out of the smoke... With glasses. Important detail. She looks like Yoshino, but with glasses. She looks at Karya and she says, So I finally found you. You would know me as Rontao. And then Ichigo looks at the camera and reminds us, as the audience, that in case we forgot during that like weird exposition dump, like... Five episodes ago, that Tao is the one who created the bounce.
1: <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> Ichigo
0: asks if it's really her, and she simply says, "Hmm, the attitude of Soul Reapers has changed quite a bit. Isn't the fact I know about the bounce proof enough?" And like, I guess, but not really. <laughs> she states she's all she's the only one other than those in the Seirete, that knows of the Bounce, and that all info on them, save for a very small archive, should have been destroyed. She looks to Karya again and says, You're a Bount. There's no doubt for you that I'm Rontau. You can feel it. I was certain you'd come. And, like, the look on Karya's face is really cool here. Like, I really like it, because... It's very clear he's trying not to show it, but he is furious. Like, he is not happy.
1: Yeah, he's like, ooh, I wish I could kill you right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, Karya just, like, confirms how long it took to get to Soul Society, and he asks her if they truly owe their existence to her. Tower just kind of, like, talks down to him, stating that he's much more emotional than he gives off, and then she asks if he wants to kill her. But Ichigo says he isn't letting that happen, and he steps between them, and then is like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said we were killing her here and now. I want her to live so she can see us achieve our goals. And then I'll kill her. Which, I, I like this. I, I like that as, like, a little thing, like, it makes sense for Karya.
1: Yeah, like, I I appreciate that, Car- like, Karya's whole thing is, hey, revenge doesn't count if the people you're getting revenge against aren't there to notice it. So, it's like, there's a lot of parts of his plan that are like, well, you could do this better, or you could, like, you could, like, try to kill people, or, you know, there, there are ways to be more effective, but that's only if his plan is to actually, like, just... I don't know, like, assassinate Yamamoto or something, right? It's like, no, no, the plan is fuck Soul Society up in a very public and obvious way. That's the plan. Everything else is, like, not important.
0: Like, it, it would not surprise me at this point if, like, Byakuya- Fuck. If Karya planned on, like- ...somehow making the existence of Soul Society apparent to the living world... ...just so he could get revenge on Soul Society and just show it off to the living world. And they'd all be like, what the fuck does this mean? But, like, given who Karya is and what he's doing, it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of his plan. Yeah,
1: that's, that's something I could, see, I could see him doing.
0: At this point, though, Byakia has had enough, and he starts sending out more attacks... Ichigo manages to break Karya's defense, proving that he can get through as well. And then Dalk and Koga show up. Like, they, they just come in guns blazing. Uh, and Koga's just like, hey, we need to retreat. And Karya's like, you're right, let's go. Uh, so Koga tells Dalk to cover them, and she does, uh, as they make a break for it. And then Rontas smirks as Ichigo just blocks every attack. Uh, really cool moment here. I, I, it It's such a small thing, but I am really happy they used, like, Dalk as, like, cover, rather than just, like, oh, well, Koga's here, time to do a, like, two-on-two fight. Like, I, I'm really happy that Koga just came here and was like, hey, we need to get out of here, Dalk cover us. And, like, that's a good use of his doll. I, I liked that.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, she can ex- she can explode in countless metal balls, might as well make use of that. Uh,
0: exactly. Lirian, who at this point is just, like, hanging on Ichigo's shoulders, uh, she can't tell where the bounce went, uh, and then I- she, like, explicitly says, like, the explosion or something, like, caused some sort of damage to her sensors, or she just they just don't work right now. Which, kind of a lazy explanation, but whatever. Well, it's
1: like, because the, the way she senses them is that she senses the spirit pressure. So I think it's just, like, there was a giant explosion of spirit pressure, and, like, I'm uncalibrated right now. Like, I can't, I can't figure out what, you know, it's, it's like if you're trying to listen to where someone went right after a bomb went off, like, somewhere nearby. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it does make sense. Like, I, yeah, you're right. I, I, I actually, I, I retract my earlier statement of thinking it's lazy. You're right uh Ichigo asks if is just let uh like just letting them go and is just like hey they already disappeared over the horizon there's always next time and then
1: he just turns and walks away he's like what point point to me at point at the bount, Ichigo where do you want me to go (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs)
0: like he's not wrong it's just really funny Ichigo asks if Rontao is with them or against them, and she chuckles before we cut to Ichinose and the gambling den guy, who, to this point, I don't think he has been named. Like, I I haven't looked up his name or anything. Like, I don't think he's been named in the show yet. He's just the gambling den guy.
1: He's, He's the bookie.
0: He's the bookie. It seems like they've gathered quite a crowd, and they wonder if they'll even have enough room for this many men. Like, they, they've got this very big angry mob, like, right outside. Uh, the gambling den guy wonders where Karya and Koga are, but Ichinose just says they'll be back soon. Lirin notices as Uryu arrives fashionably late, uh, confusing Rontao for Yoshino. Like, that, that makes sense, because, like, obviously the last time he saw Yoshino, she, she died. She was dead. Uh, Ichigo explains, oh no, this ain't Yoshino, this is Ron Tao. But Rontao is just surprised to see a Quincy and a Shinigami working together. She assures them that if they're going against the bounce, she's not their enemy, and then Ichigo asks what she can tell them. But she's like, okay, first, you're hurt. We need to go back to my house so I can heal your wounds. And they're just like, okay. Which, good. Good. Uh, We cut to Ganji group. Oh, I have scrolled down farther. Oops. Oops. Thank you, trackpad. <laughs> we cut to Ganji group as Ganji states that they should be in the right place as he lets out a wh- uh, whistle. Uh, several men come out of the bushes and he explains that this is the bull of Kusajishi. He looks kind of unassuming, honestly, like he's just kind of a normal dude with brown hair and like a scar near his left eye and a scar on his chest. Uh, and he asks what Ganju wants, and then we cut to Rontao's house, and that's like all the Ganju content we get this week.
1: He's got he's got like strong secondary character energy. Like he could he could be part of a traveling crew. He's part of Ganju's like heroic story.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's a character very clearly designed not to be the main character, but he's he's like. Yeah, I'm the main character's, like, best bud who you see in, like, two episodes before he goes off on his journey.
1: And finds a good- a better best bud that can actually fight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. (laughs) Uh, Ichigo gets electrocuted painfully, like, Rontau's just got, like, basically a defibril- uh, defibrillator- I- fuck, I can't pronounce words, you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, it's basically a defibrillator, um- But his wounds are now healed, just like magically. And Rontal just tells him not to underestimate science and then asks what they know about the bounce.
1: I like this because it implies that she's like not a medic and potentially not even trained as a medic. But she's kind of like Mayuri in that she just keeps making shit. And she's like, yo, I needed to figure out how to like treat myself. So I created these defibrillator pads that heal people when they shock them
0: see like she's like Mayuri except not like as, as far as i can tell she's not creepy or like gross and like she's actually fun she's like the fun Mayuri. like i i w- i kind of wish she had replaced him honestly
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so ichigo says that they know that she was using human souls in her experiments to try and create life that never dies he explains that Karya told him that, and that he's the Bounce leader. Rontau tells him that they had thoroughly prepared, but there was an accident that affected the cycle of rebirth, and Ichigo cuts in and says that's what created the Bounce. Rontau confirms this, and states that there was no place for them in the world of the living. But along with this, Soul Society rejected them as well. They thought that accepting the Bounce meant admitting to their guilt, so in turn... The Bounce tried to force their way into Soul Society. That's when the Quincy's became involved. uh, Which, we don't get really much more detail as to why the Quincy's became involved. It's just that they did.
1: Well, it's the same reason that they needed Uryu. They can't get to Soul Society without a Quincy.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That makes sense. Uh, And we get a flashback to the weird, like, werewolf fight from before. (laughs) Like... Just werewolves everywhere. It's like, there's some really weird imagery going on here, because it's like, you got werewolves, you got these weird guys with, like, pots for heads that just have, like, swords in the pots, and, like, I don't know what's going on here, I don't know what any of this imagery means, it's just very weird.
1: You know, just dudes having fun attacking It's war. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's war, war as hell. But Rontau explains that during this battle, Soul Society nearly took out the Bounce completely here, and we like see Karia like in this flashback, watching as like his people are getting killed and just dying left and right. Um, the ones who escaped this battle or didn't participate were the only surviving Bounce, and they ended up joining with Karia. Uryu asks why Brontau did nothing all this time, with all this information. He asks if she feels any responsibility, even though it was an accident that created them. She turns and pulls down her shirt to reveal a kanji that, like, I couldn't read. Like, I don't know all that many kanji, but, like, I couldn't read this one. And she explains that her soul-reaper powers, including that of traveling to the world of the living, were taken from her. Ichigo asks how she managed to crash down into that crater, and she explains that after all this time, she's regained the spiritual pressure to fight, but it's also a very, very limited resource. Ichigo asks why she was exiled from Seirute, and she explains that they were relieved the Bounce didn't have the Reishi conversion ability, and that she ended up making the unpopular prediction that the Bounce would do everything they could to get to Soul Society. Mm -hmm. At the time... She suggested that they make everything public and accept the Bounce into their society, and as a result, she was punished. I really like this, actually.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, she didn't get exiled because she made the Bounce. She made she got exiled because she was like, hey, um, we made them? We should take care of them. And then the government was like, what if instead- we killed all of them and then we exiled you for being ridiculous it's like i i like this a lot because to this point when we've
0: heard of Rontau like you kind of assume she's going to be some sort of like weird like really cruel person like Mayuri. and you you assume she's going to be like evil and seeing her here She's very clearly a woman who has, like, a lot of regret for her, like, past actions, and you understand by this point now that the Bounce creation was an accident, even if they were experimenting on human souls, which still, like, not a great thing to be doing, but the difference here is that she wanted to take responsibility for their actions, and that makes me like Rontau, like, a lot. Like, I really enjoy her character here i was not
1: expecting that at all yeah she's really fun she's she's a lot more interesting than i was expecting so far absolutely so far
0: like i don't know if that's gonna change but so far i like Rontao.
1: i mean she looks like yoshino so i expect her to just get like pushed so far (laughs) off the sidelines that she just disappears from the show Until she dies in a heroic moment. Mostly for Ishida. (laughs) She's going to die for Ishida is what's going to happen. Oh, 100%.
0: Like, she's going to, like... We're going to have this, like, weird romance thing happening between her and Ishida. Because, like, that's what basically was happening between him and Yoshino. And then she's going to die for him. And he's going to be, like, really sad for a bit and then, like, mope in the hospital. But then he's going to be like... I have to train, and then we're just gonna get Bantark 3. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> she, like, looks to Uryu and she's like, I am sorry. Like, it would appear that I am probably the cause of a lot of your problems. But, I would assume that your power is what allowed Karya to come here, since, you know, the Quincy's aren't really around anymore, and, well, you're a Quincy. Uh, and if that's the case, are you the Bounce ally? And Ichigo's just like, well, it's okay, because he's our friend.
1: He's like, listen, a lot of things <laughs> happened, we don't have to go into the details, let's just focus on the now. Let's focus on the far it- past and the now.
0: This got, like, a fucking audible laugh out of me, because it-, it was the worst cover! <laughs> like Ichigo barely even tried, and she just accepts it. Uh <laughs> Rontao asks about the tool that Uryu is using, wondering if he even knows what it is, and then she states that it's incredibly dangerous, and should not be used recklessly. Uryu says he knows, but he needs it to defeat Karya, uh, and Rontao just tells him to be careful, and to hope there aren't any problems for him or those around him. But then she like suddenly falls to her knees. And assures the two that she's fine as she, like, clutches her head. Um, she asks if they thought her appearance was strange, and they're just like, well, what What do you mean? And she explains that she's quite a bit older than most Soul Reapers, and that she had to do some work on herself as well
1: to wait for the bounce. To which one of them should have said, <laughs> what does it matter? You're fucking ghosts. Why do you age? <laughs> Sorry for, <laughs> sorry for the interruption. Please continue.
0: No, it's fine. <laughs> She's like, I need to sleep for like 12 hours now. Good night. And then she just passes the fuck out. Lirin asks if they plan to return to Kukaku's, but Ichigo says that they should just rest up here so that they can learn more when Rontau wakes up because like, their conversation basically got cut off like halfway in. We cut to Kari and Koga, as the latter asks how Byakuya was, and K- Karya's just like, oh, not too bad. I think fighting him was a really good declaration of intent. And Koga asks if that was his goal. At this point, Karya just notes that Koga has had a lot of questions lately, and Koga just plays it off as him being like in high spirits. Uh, I don't know that I believe that,
1: well, it's, it's just that it's the excuse Kadia gave him last episode when when Koga was like, you are acting super, super manic. And Kadia was like, well, you know, I'm just in high spirits. Koga's being a shit here is what I'm saying. Like, he's he's doing it on purpose. <laughs>
0: 100%, yes. I just also don't know that I believe like him when he says that. Like, even if he's just being a shit, like, just given the characterization we have had for him in the past... Like, I don't know that I 100%
1: believe, like, he's asking all these questions just for the fuck of it. No, 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 what I mean is, he, like, he's asking the question because he's doubting something, but the way he answers that Karya's question, that's just him being a shit. Okay, yeah. He's basically saying, you aren't telling me what's happening, I'm not telling you what's happening, fuck you.
0: I I do like that Karya just accepts this, because, like, I it, it does seem they have this kind of mutual respect disrespect situation but like i i do like this interaction
1: yeah he's like all right fair you got me fine (laughs) touche let's just just keep going then
0: (laughs) he just like walks away and like walks over to ichinose um and he asks ichinose where the other bounce are and Maki just explains that they're watching and recording the movements of Serete as instructed. And Karya just smirks and looks down at the crowd of men that have gathered for him. And the episode ends there. And honestly, very strong episode. I really the liked this one.
1: The men gathered by Toba, the bookie. His name's Toba. Toba. Toba there is a line above the O. Toba.
0: Yeah, I, I got gotcha. Yeah. Toba. Basically.
1: But yeah, good episode. Good, good tension. Good convos. Good, good animation here and there. Just fun stuff. Yeah. And then in the uh, post credits, there's uh, a, <laughs> really good bit, incredible bit actually. Yes, we get Hisagi and Komamura, who are both or Captain Komamura, who are both visiting the grave, you know, Tosin's friend's grave. And, uh, Hisaki's like, Yo, I heard you complained about combs and how they don't work for you on account of you being a furry and all. So, here's (laughs) one that I got in the human world, and he hands over, like, a dog brush? Yeah! And Komamura starts using it, and he's like, Holy shit, it's incredible! Yo! (laughs) And Hisaki's just like, Man, it sure is lucky that Orihime knows some good stores, and we just get, like, a, a picture of a, fl- like, a flashback picture of a do- of a pet store. It's like, yes, <laughs> we, we get it. You went to a pet store, and you got a dog brush for your, for the captain. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it's an incredibly good bit. I just love that, like, <laughs> Koumer is just like, well, this doesn't look like a regular comb. And then he starts
1: using it, he's like, oh! <laughs> It's great. It's very good. But like even if they don't have dog brushes, they have brushes. I guess maybe he's like being toxic toxic masculine about it and he's like, no, I can't use a brush. That's a women thing. I gotta use a comb. <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> that might be it, I guess. <laughs> uh, good bit, good
1: episode. Let's cut the brick. Let's cut the brick. So, let's get back into it with episode 97. Hitsugaya strikes, slice the enemy in the middle of the forest. (laughs) Which, again, again, is a thing that he does and attempts to do for at least 10 seconds in this episode. Hey, it's better than half a second. We begin the episode with a nameless Shinigami reporting to Hitsugaya about the quote large gathering of thugs who have been cutting down the trees in the forest <laughs> on the surface it seems to be one of the bookies of the gambling halls uh, organizing this but Hitsugaya is just like no this is definitely the book. this is like absolutely 100% the bout there is no no chance Rangiku prepares to leave but her captain says well, now wait hold on someone we know had direct contact with the bout let's go fetch Denji uh, Denji Different. That's, that's a way different anime. Let's go fetch that Renji. That is an
0: entirely, entirely different anime.
1: Let's go to Renji's house and talk to him. He can come with. It's cool.
0: Denji Aburai? It's I'm, cousin, I'm, I'm, you know? I'm... See-
1: <laughs> Listen, R- Renji grew up in the Rukongai in, like, a really bad district. And Denji's also had, like, a really shitty family that, like... <laughs> pushed all their debts onto him you know it, it all fits sort of it, it, it's all coming together <laughs> they could conceivably have like a very similar uh like family situation in the woods the bull gives basically the same info to ganchu's group that the other shinigami gave to Hitsugaya. and but he does mention that like yeah most of them have no spirit power so there's no way that They could actually, like, proper, like, put up a real fight against the Shinigami. To which Ganji points out, yeah, but because of that, the Shinigami are, they're gonna try to, like, subdue them instead of outright murdering them, which will make fighting hard. And that'll give, like, that confusion and that difficulty would let the Bount do basically whatever the fuck they want to, or at least make it easier to do that. So he gets, like, right up in the guy's face, and he's just like, hey. Alright, why don't you do me a favor, and you gather a bunch of dudes, and then we'll break up the riot so it'll make it easier for the Shinigami to stop it.
0: It, It's a moment here where Ganju calls the bull his brother, and the bull's just like, when did that happen? He's like, don't worry about it. (laughs) But, like, alongside that, I understand what he means by it being harder to fight due to them, like, subduing the people, but I also don't like the implication that it it, it almost feels like Ganji's like, yeah, we're going to make it easier for them to fight by, like, breaking up the crowd, but also, it, almo- it, it almost, like, I don't think this is what Ganji was actually getting at, but it almost sounds like he's like, well, like, if they're going to be fighting back, it would just be much easier to kill them. Like, we we should just do that. Which is not what I think he's getting at here, but it, it just almost sounds like it, and I don't like that for Ganju.
1: Oh no, because if... If killing was on the table, then nothing Ganju would do would make it easier. Because then the, sh- the Shinigami would go out and they would go, I'm gonna shoot a lightning bolt and kill a hundred of you at once. Yeah. It's just... The whole, if they, but if they break up the riot by fighting them on their own, then Shinigami can come in and be like, okay, well, I'm gonna bind this one, I'm gonna bind that one now, now I'm gonna bind this guy.
0: Yeah, it, it's a solid plan overall. I just didn't like the, it, like, implications that came from this conversation. Uh, but aside from that, like, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, there are, there's a couple of, like, cute little bits in the conversation where it's like, Ganju says that uh, his motivation for doing all this is for a friend, uh, which he gets mercilessly roasted on. Orihime is shocked that the bull isn't, like, like, the guy's name is Daiji, and (laughs) Orihime's like, I thought your name was the bull. (laughs) Okay, then why is your, why do you call yourself the bull? And, you know, because it's cool. Yeah, like,
0: it's, it's literally no other reason. He's just the bull. (laughs)
1: In the same way that Ganshu is, like, self-appointed 17 different fucking titles, the bull is self-appointed the bull.
0: Greatest fucking register manager whatever.
1: <laughs> Back in the Serete, the Shinigami are already, like, half done with the repairs of the building that blew up. Like, seriously, <laughs> they have scaffolding up for like our, for, like, three quarters of it. They've already reconstructed, like, a third. It's Honestly, it's kind of fucked up. And it's like Kyoraku and Ukitake are like, they have just like a quick conversation and they're like, man, it's weird how good we are at like rebuilding our shit. And then I was like, it's it's because people keep invading us. And I'm like, well, it's happened twice in like a thousand years or something. That's not like a ton. Uh, But then they start wondering out loud, like, I wonder, remember when Yamamoto told us explicitly what the, that the point wasn't to destroy it because it, there was a reason it was to destroy it because it was sending a message? I wonder what the point was to destroy it. And Mayuri shows up to be like, it was to send a message and also be a diversion? Clearly? <laughs> the Captain Commander told us? It's really weird to have Mayuri speaking actual sense here. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, wait a diversion. Hey, you know what? I just remembered something. Ciao, bye. Don't talk to me. I'm busy. And then he leaves immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did like, because he just leaves in the most suspicious way. And they're like, oh, did, did you remember something? And he's like, no, I just have work to do. Bye.
0: <laughs> it, it's it's really weird, because it's like, I like Mayuri this episode, and I don't like that I like Mayuri this episode. It's just funny.
1: <laughs> they did make him pretty fun. Uh, Over at Rentawa's place, Ichigo wakes up screaming about an exploding egg to the smell of hot pot. And after everyone eats, they're like, all right, now we continue the discussion. First thing Ishida asks is like, why is your face like the woman that I thought was my mom? (laughs) And she's like, oh, she was probably a copy. You see, using human souls in this experiment wouldn't be, it would be immoral. So, we didn't use human souls. We used artificial souls based on that were copied from the souls of the soul reapers doing the experiments. Because there, again, there were moral issues with experimenting on humans. So, instead, we cloned artificial life from soul reapers.
0: (laughs) It's like. I guess you could argue this is, like, more moral, maybe, but then when you start to think about it and you're like, (laughs) they made life so that they could fuck with it. It's like, hmm, this seems worse somehow.
1: Yeah, this is definitely, like, Runtau is definitely the kind of scientist who's like, oh, I'm not going to do human experimentation. I'm not going to do, like, animal testing experimentation. I'm just going to grow a clone that is only able to live in agony and screams all the time. And then someone's like, "Uh, does it have to live in agony and scream all the time? It's like, yeah, that's how we get the best tests. Obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously.
1: (laughs) What what are you worrying about? Just get back over there. We have more experiments to do. Just, God. Although- and this and like this technology that they use to clone artific- to clone soul Reaper souls into artificial souls this is the tech that eventually would lead to mod souls and the other like compaku souls and that technology is what led to lirin and the others so the whole reason that they can sense the bounty in the first place is because in a sense they're all based on like the same kind of tech Liren even has, like, a little cute moment where she's like, oh, so the bounter are, like, my cousins.
0: <laughs> it's like, I, I don't agree with Rontal's moral reasoning here, obviously, be, because, like, we, we just went into that, but, like, I do really like that it, it just kind of fits neatly into place of, okay, this tech led to this, and, like, explains why mod souls exist, and also, you know, why, you know, Leering, Kurodo, and Noba can exist. Like, it, it makes sense, and it, it's nice. I like that. It, it it feels well thought out, actually.
1: Yeah, just like a... It's a nice little, like, oh, these things come together in a really satisfying thing. In a really satisfying way. Over in Squad 11's barracks, Zoraki prepares to go see Maki, since Hitsugaya's apparently found the bounce. And then we just immediately cut to Kusujichi, where there's just... There's a bunch of the dudes, and they're cutting down trees, and they're like building siege weapons and Kadi is like like he just takes a moment to give a big speech and rile them up and tell them that this is a fight for their freedom and conveniently leaving out that he mostly expects them all to die. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um I I'm
0: not a fan of Kenpachi like doing like a complete one eighty on like what we heard like I think it was just like last week where he was like I don't need to go fight Maki because he's already proven his weakness by, you know, siding with the bounce. It, it just feels like kind of, like, it makes sense for Kenpachi as a character to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go meet him. But it, it's just like, it, it makes that interaction from last week feel kind of pointless in retrospect, and I'm not a fan of that.
1: Okay, but there was a second half to that interaction, because it's it started with Yachiru being worried that Kempachi would be sad if he had to fight Maki, and Kempachi said, "Well, I don't. I don't even have to fight him. It's fine. But if I do fight him, he's a grown man who did his own thing, and as long as he's like actually doing the thing with conviction, it's fine. And I, it would actually be fun to fight him. So now that he now that he knows about it, now that he knows where he is, he's like, so obviously I'm gonna go fight him."
0: Yeah, that makes more sense. I I guess I forgot about that second half there.
1: <laughs> it does go by a little fast. Um
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a really short part of that episode, and like my my memory my memory is something. We'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> anyways, I do get like the next scene I feel vindicates uh, uh like the discussions that we'd had where I was talking about like okay well yeah but the the plan was that Mayuri like was convinced to do this by Maki's snooping around and he was tricked into sending the thing to Uryu, because that's that's just what happens. Mayuri goes out. He's like you know Maki can make himself expl uh, Maki was the one who set the explosion. We have records of the gate opening and closing randomly for no goddamn reason. Um, <laughs> we know that Maki can turn invisible, so. Maki's the one who came in and hacked my files, and the Bount have a skill that Maki could learn that hides the spirit pressure. So, Mayori's like, okay, so if I account for all the variables, na 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 na, nah, and then I just find and I search for shit, he's like, oh, we found the thing that I sent to Ishida. And at this point, Mayori realizes that he was played, and I'm like, how did it take you this long into this very conversation to realize that you got fucked over? Because <laughs> essentially, essentially what happens is Maki came in, deleted data, and then when Mayuri... He deleted data and he locked other data. And then Mayuri thought, originally, that his original plan was just to lock the data and hide something. But the thing that he hid was the cuff that he gave Uryu. So he was like, aha, they don't want us to show him this. And then he did. <laughs> but no, the whole thing was predicting 100% what Mayuri would do. And then which would be to send them to send Udi to the cliff. So yeah, Mayuri, you fucked up like seven times over. Good job.
0: Good job. I when I saw this part, like. I remember, like, last week or whenever this, like, discussion was had, I remember it was mainly me who was like, I feel really weird about this. Uh, like, whole Maki just, like, Oh, I'm. I know perfectly what to do. But, like, this whole thing, I was just like, okay, you know what? You got me. You know, th- this works. It's fine. It's actually really funny watching Mayuri just, like, sweat and be like, oh, okay, okay, we fucked up. Shit, I fucked up. Oh, God. Oh, God. What do we do?
1: <laughs> I can't believe they're giving us good Mayuri content. How dare you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, Renji, Rangiku, and Hitsugaya show up at the edge of, like, the big Kusajishi encampment. And Rangiku takes care to mention, like, Hey, you used your special move that hurts your Zanpakuto. I know that means you can't fight with it. Or at least, like, you can't use your Shikai or your Bankai. Are you sure you're good? And Renji's like, Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I don't need my Shikai for these scrubs." (laughs) And Hitsugaya's like, But what about when you're gonna fight a Bount, you idiot? Oh, well, it's fine. If you can't use Shikai, you can just, like, run away and warn the Seireite if trouble shows up. No big deal.
0: As if Renji would ever run away.
1: Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I feel like you're not paying attention to who the person you're talking to is, Hitsugaya.
0: Like, it's just like, Hitsugaya here is just like, I'm a captain, he'll do what I say, and I'm like, buddy, this is Renji we're talking about, my man. Like,
1: god. At the same time, Ishida and Ichigo will both leave from uh, Rantao's location, because one of Ori. I wish they'd have shown this, but one of Orihime's fairies, like, came and told them the bounce location. It would have been cool to, like, just actually see that happening. But, no, oh, well. Had to cut something, I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess, like, I, I, f- I definitely feel like probably one of the scenes here could have been, like, a little shorter just to allow for that, but it's just like, eh, eh whatever.
1: Yeah, um- Ranta was like, Have fun boys, I've got some things to prepare And she goes like actually, while I have you here, how long is this Quincy artifact gonna work? And she's like, Oh you know, it might fail today, it might fail tomorrow, who knows? Oh yeah, it might also misfire and explode, taking everything within several kilometers with it. It's fine. She just like, Whatever, it's fine. Let's go. Bye <laughs> <And laughs> Rinta was like, Yeah, it's fine, bye, have fun. <laughs> and she goes like Oh brother. And Uri is just like,
0: well, it's fine. She said it's fine, so it's fine. Let's just, uh,
1: let's get going. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure we won't see the, th- the thing explode. Like, I feel like this is what's... C- Remember when I said earlier that I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna get into a fight and someone's gonna break the bracelet. Well, I'm gonna update that to he's gonna get into a fight and someone's gonna break the bracelet and it's going to explode in a giant explosion. <laughs> I'm sure there will be no
0: consequences.
1: <laughs> Ishida is just currently, like... Man, this sewing thing is really fun. (laughs) (laughs) God. Anyways, the bount are preparing for their assault, and Maki's just like, "Uh, hey, incoming Shinigami. So Kari gives him the job to deal with them. And then the Shinigami, they split up, and Hitsugaya arrives alone. He has just, like, a really quick altercation with Maki, which he strikes, and he slices at the enemy in the middle of the forest. (laughs) And he even, he, like, asks questions... And, you know, he asks Maki about his motivations. And Maki's just like, I'm picking justice. There's no justice left in the Seireite. And that's when the other two Shinigami and Ichigo and Ishida and Orihime and Chad and just (laughs) everyone shows up. And they were like, there's not a lot of people in these woods. Like, there's not nearly enough people in these woods. And Chad's just like, oh, right. Oh, fuck. Shit. The old man can teleport. The old man's teleporting people. (laughs) we we fucked up we shouldn't have been slicing
0: the enemy in the middle of this forest
1: <laughs> meanwhile we get like a 3 second cut of mabashi and yoshi at they're at a gate but they're not at Jidanbo's gate they're at a they're at a different gate uh but we do get koga showing up to Jidanbo's gate and then both of those gatekeepers get defeated and at each one old man charbount man spits out hundreds of dudes and giant siege weaponry so The serete is now officially, they've lost two guardians, their siege weaponry directly at their gates, and hundreds of people on, I think the idea is they're opposing sides, so it's literally, like, the farthest two gates that one could be at. And the episode ends on the siege.
0: It's very much like a pincer attack here. I I really like the moment where the, uh... The giant that's not Jadonbo is like, are you a Ryoka? And Yoshi's know, just like, who cares? <laughs> like, I really <laughs> like that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I don't know, probably, who gives a shit? I'm gonna kill you.
0: <laughs> uh, I, overall, like, I, I, I do think I like the first episode this week better. Like, for sure. But like, this one, this one's pretty solid too. Uh there was definitely more Hitsugaya content than I I thought there was with the title but like still I I feel like it's not quite enough to warrant naming the the episode after it.
1: Yeah, it it definitely feels like oh yeah, we t- we put the number of seconds in the episode in a randomizer. P- it picked this <laughs> specific second and that's the one we named the episode after. <laughs>
0: Really weird decision, but, like, it's whatever. Uh, but what I'm not hot on, and I guess we'll get to this, I'm really not hot on this this one's post-credits bit.
1: Are you sure? So we, we go to the Shinigami Women's Association, and Rangiku is doling out the gifts that she got from traveling. Uh, she's got a cat plush for Soifan, some candies for Yachiru, a sport pennant for Isane, a bear figurine for Kione, a shield for forget their name. It's Nemu. Oh, yeah. A shield for Nemu. And then a string swimsuit for Nanao. Rangiku, I don't give a shit if Kyuraku, like, personally asks you to buy her a swimsuit. But honestly, that that makes it worse. You shouldn't be very- Nanao clearly would not enjoy a swimsuit. You should not be giving her, like, a, sw- a string bikini.
0: <laughs> it, it- Like, I, I understand this is supposed to be, like, a joke. But it-, it, it It really feels completely out of character for Matsumoto to me to just be like, hmm, yes, this captain who has clearly got, you know, intentions is like, hey, buy a swimsuit for my lieutenant. It it makes no sense to me that Rangiku would just be like, okay, I won't think any deeper into this. I'm just going to do that and buy something I know will make Nanao uncomfortable. And, like the joke is literally that Nanao is uncomfortable with this because you know Kydaku is a pervert. Like that is the joke
1: here's Here's the way that I can come up with that makes it kind of work. and it or at least it makes sense that Rangkiku would go with it. goes up to Rangiku and says, "Hey, you know my you know my lieutenant who's like super uptight and that I don't plan on doing anything with because she's like a child to me?" And Rangiku goes, yes, absolutely. Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious if you bought her a swimsuit? I don't expect her to actually- I expect her to punch me in the face for this. But wouldn't it be funny if you did? And then Rangiku goes, actually, that does sound like a great prank. And then she doesn't. Still not great, but I can see her doing it.
0: I, I can maybe see her doing it in that context. But yeah, the the joke just does not land. It It is- Still, very much just like oh, pervert, funny, sexy girl joke, and it, it just did not land.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I, as far as I'm aware, Nanao doesn't get any like content until like the, the very end of the show, so it's like, I wish she got more that wasn't this, but I think every I feel like every time we're gonna see Nanao on screen, this is just gonna be worth this, and it's and really annoying.
0: It is really, really annoying. Uh, I, I do feel like I need to, like, not related to this bit. Uh, I don't know if I said it on the show last time. Like, I don't know if I said it in recording or not. Uh, Sam, I'm sorry for lying to you. There is no new opening this week. We we didn't get that this week. That's next week. I, I miscounted the episodes. Oops.
1: I mean, we didn't talk about it, thus there was no new opening. <laughs> this doesn't really change anything.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really change anything. But I was excited for it, and then when I when I click on your episode, and then tonight, tonight, tonight starts playing. Like I like that song a lot. Like I'm I'm a fan of it. I know you're just kind of like lukewarm on it. I was disappointed. I wanted Yui. So, I, you know, it's whatever. But next week we're getting yui next week we're getting yui
1: yeah and now that means you get a double dose of yui in the in the same uh, same day
0: this is true this is true i might you know after this i might just listen to that song anyway because it's kind of a banger like yui's got some good tracks out there i i mean i've never heard her doing anything other than bleach that that's 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 not even a joke that's nothing but i guess we should go ahead and close this out this has been It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. You can find us on Twitter at BleachCast, and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ.
0: I hope you have, as always, a great week, and I hope to see you next time. Stay cool, chads!
1: Passion, it lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and though unwanted, unbidding, it will stir. Open its jaws, and howl. It speaks to us, guides us. Passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have?
0: This one was much longer than I anticipated. I you know I I stand for this one. This one's good. <laughs>
2: No iponi nan de ed ga kuni ikitai shita de small every day ni yatt i like she- i